If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Diora Baird Bailey from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Podcast. From 1969 to 1973, the Hewitt family murdered 33 people across the state of Texas. To this day, their killing spree is universally considered one of the most notorious and perversely sadistic crimes in the annals of American history the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. We just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all the support. And before we jump into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Uh, you can check out all of our interviews, episodes, or our online store, and you can check out all of our celebrity intros to the show. It's really cool. Uh, and giving a quick shout out to our social media Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, just search for those. Uh, don't go out there on those uh, social medias. You'll find Brian's awesome artwork. Uh, give us a follow and uh, keep up with us. We really appreciate it. We're trying to grow those uh, social medias. And if you have an Apple product, just give us a quick uh, rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that, too. We've gotten over 120 of them now, so we're definitely growing. We really appreciate it. Uh, tonight is Mike's Brother Mike's Film Review, and we're throwing it back to the mid-2000s with Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Beginning. Uh, I'll just go ahead and give my quick overview real quick. We'll let Mike go last. It's, it's his pick. Uh, we rated, uh, we reviewed the 03 remake as our like our fifth episode. This is, I don't know, what, our 70th episode now, so we're way better than we were in episode five. Uh, this movie is, I think it's really good. I think it's borderline great, honestly. It's just as good as the first one to me. Uh, I'll rewatch both of them. Some nights I'll rewatch both of them in the same night just because I really enjoy both of them. Uh, yeah, Arlie Ermey, he's horrifying. Uh, Leatherface is a big, brutal SOB. And uh, Luda May, she's terrifying. Yeah, I, I like I like the backstory that this movie gives. And we'll answer that question more in depth from a fan. Uh, go ahead, Brian. What are your thoughts on this movie? Um, yeah, if you heard my review on the 03 remake of Chainsaw, if not, you can hear it on uh, don'tgooutthere.com. But uh, 
you know I love that remake. It's by far my favorite in the franchise. And as far as remakes go, it's probably top two ever, um, in my opinion. Um, I remember having a lot of anticipation for this one. Um, but I remember also being a little bit disappointed when I did see it, you know, the first time and only time that I had seen this movie before this review. Um, but I, I, I didn't remember much of this movie at all. So honestly, when I watched it this week, it was like going in blind on this watch. Um, and I do like like this one a, a little bit better than the first time I, I watched it. Um, but it, it, I mean, it definitely still has some problems. Um, it suffers from a lot of the same things that uh, most prequels do for sure. Um, especially knowing how it's going to end, um, knowing that the Hewitt family is perfectly fine and alive and well for the next one. Uh, so that takes away some of the suspense for me um, because you don't worry about this person getting away or killing one of them or anything really happening to them because you know, they're fine in the next one, welcoming the beautiful Jessica Beale into their home. Um, but, but, you know, you know, I've also said on multiple occasions that, you know, sometimes I don't want to know the backstory to the antagonists and that it's, you know, most of the time better left unexplored in my opinion. But with that said, this movie actually does a good job with that. And, you know, it, it does a lot of other stuff well too, and we'll get into it. Um, but, it, but it's like this movie and the 03 remake are like the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Like these are the only two chainsaw flicks that exist to me, like at all. The others in the franchise just don't interest me, to be honest, the, the old ones. Um, but that's also coming from not a hardcore chainsaw fan either. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, so part of the reason I picked this movie in the first place was, one, to kind of do a chainsaw film. We've only done one, and I feel like it's pretty significant franchise within the horror community. Um, and this, I'm kind of like you, Brian, where these are probably the two that I think of when I think of this franchise. But I do enjoy some of those other ones. This franchise is so weird and wonky. There's so many different timelines. I mean, I know we think Halloween is bad, but this franchise is really bad with timelines. So if we just want to take this Hewitt family timeline instead of the Sawyer family, um, I like this movie. I picked it because I like it. I don't love it. Uh, and upon another rewatch, I, I I saw some things about it that I didn't like, that I didn't remember the first time I ever saw it. So there's some nitpicks here and there. But overall, I think it's a good film. Some of the stuff you touched on, Brian, I agree with. As a general rule of thumb, I'm not a fan of prequels because they're answering questions I didn't ask. And so that's an inherent problem in and of itself to me where I don't want to know and you're telling me anyways. However, this movie does answer some questions in a good way. Uh, some of the, you know, the backstory with Sheriff Hoyt is good. Some of uh, the, and there's some other Leatherface stuff that's good. But this movie kind of suffers in the middle to me with the, you know, it kind of drags out a little bit uh, in the middle, but the end is really solid. I just felt like this movie is, it's a solid entry. Um, I'm excited to talk about it though, because uh, again, the reason I picked it was because it's, when I think of Texas Chainsaw, this is the second movie I think of, and that's no knock on the, uh, you know, original or anything, but you know, this is kind of the timeline in my head that I think of. And one thing I want to point out is this movie is more gory and gruesome than the O3 remake, which oh, hell yes. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I, my favorite Texas Chainsaw is that O3 remake. There's no doubt. Um, but this is, it's up there. If I had to rank this franchise, this one's up there, but this one's more gory. And I think you definitely see 
the effect of Saw and Hostel and movies like that on this movie where they had to kind of up the ante a little bit with the gore level. And they definitely do that here. Some stuff I like, some stuff I don't like. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, I'll jump into more of the prequel talk whenever we answer the fan question because I think that'll be a good little discussion. Um, before we jump into tonight, scene by scene, uh, Brother Dustin, he's having some power outage issues. So he may or may not be able to join us later. Uh, whether or not he does, we're going to miss him for these little opening scenes. But y'all ready to get started? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. The film starts with a title, uh, a date, August 1939. There's shots leading into a slaughterhouse. A woman named Sloan cries for her boss. She's about to go into birth and her water breaks. She falls to the floor. She screams and she convulses and gives birth and dies on the floor. And I wrote, it's a damn hideous baby. Mm-hmm. Young Luda May, eat, she's eating meat out of the dumpster, and she hears you know, a baby crying. She finds the baby wrapped up in paper. She embraces the child and takes him home. <laughs> and then Charlie Hewitt says, ugliest thing I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> Opening credits with the camera, you know, that flashing noise and Leatherface finding animals, butchering in the basement, you know, Leatherface stuff. We see a newspaper clipping of the slaughterhouse shutting down and the town is dying. July 1969, the the slaughterhouse has been closed by the health department. Leatherface is chopping meat. One of the bosses calls him an oversized retard and tells him it's time to go home. Leatherface Thomas looks at him with an intent to kill, but another supervisor is watching him and he drops a cleaver and leaves. Now we meet Eric. He's in a nasty hotel pool and his girlfriend Chrissy you know, he, he, you know, he's just an army vet. You know, they're just chit-chatting. And now we meet the other couple we're going to be following, Bailey and Dean. They're in the room, you know, getting kind of kinky. But Dean, Dean, he seems really checked out at the moment. He doesn't want to go to war. You know, Eric, he slips a toy ring on Chrissy's finger. They talk about having kids and where do they want to live. And she doesn't want him to leave and go to war again. But then he pulls her into the pool. Bailey tells Dean to run off to Mexico. Now we're back to the slaughterhouse. Leatherface bludgeons that boss with the hammer. He hits his legs, breaking them, and a desk falls on him, and he tries to call the police, but Leatherface kills him with a hit to the head with a hammer. And now we see Leatherface, he's got the chainsaw, and he's walking down the road. All right, that's the first two uh, scenes I got. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I will preface this by saying that I did not watch the unrated version, and I wish I had, kind of. I read the differences in the two, and honestly, I kind of wish – um, I would have seen that because I, I can definitely see how it was rated NC-17 to begin with. And, you know, they had to cut, I think you said, what was it, 17 scenes or something like that. Um, and if you were disappointed with the gore from the 03 remake, Mike touched on this a little bit, but good Lord, this one more than makes up for it. Um, hell, the credits are just nasty as hell. But, uh, you know, the beginning with the gross birth scene, like, is she the only one there working? It was just weird to me that she was just her when it was seemed like it was meant to have a lot of people there working, but there was like no explanation. So I don't know. There was enough that it stood out to me there. Um, and I, going back to to this, like I will definitely give this movie. Look, it, it's just just like the O three sequel prequel to this, whatever it is. They they do a good job with gross. Um, you know, from the lady taste testing the meat in the dumpster to that birth scene and and shit throughout this whole thing. Um, but they do a good job with that tone and atmosphere in that regard. And also that how it matches a lot with the 03 remake as well. Um, 
And I will say, though, that my biggest complaint about the remake is that it didn't really look or feel like the 70s. So the quote unquote like atmosphere in that regard was off to me. And, uh, you know, it didn't feel like the 50s or the 60s all in this one either. And, you know, they tried with the music and stuff and whatnot, but neither of these movies felt like that time period pieces at all. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but they were almost like Rob Zombie movies where you can't really put them in any particular Bingo. time period. Almost, Bingo, you know. Brian. So, yeah, uh, you know, which I mean, that can be a good thing and a bad thing sometimes. Yep. Yep. So uh, it definitely matched, but it almost made this movie a little bit more forgettable. Whereas if it was maybe you know, looked like it was in the late 60s. It might have, I don't know, maybe it would have stood out a little bit more um, and not gotten so lost. Um, two other things. Look, Andrew Benarski is great as Leatherface in this one again. Um, this opening scene with that mask, to me, he looks exactly like Mick Foley's Mankind from WWF. And uh, whew, that, that kill of the boss, look, that's great use of the camera cuts and soundtrack. It was brutal as fuck. And that's what I want from my leather face, just sheer brutality. And this, you know, it set the tone for sure. And um, like, lastly, uh, we get introduced to this cast, which shout out to Diora Baird uh, from Wedding Crasher. And uh, she's been in a bunch of other stuff too, but she did the intro to this episode and we're hoping to have her on the pod soon, by the way. She's a super, super nice and genuine person in real life. Um, but I, I don't know what it is about this group, but I don't even... I don't even need a lot of character development because I immediately liked this group of four people. And I think all four of them do a great job acting. Um, and honestly, I think Jordana Brewster is even better here than in the Fast and the Furious franchise. And honestly, I had totally forgotten until I looked her up that she was even in the faculty, which I'm definitely, by the way, picking that movie coming up here soon. It's definitely on my list. I love the faculty. Uh, but that's all I have for this opening group. Yeah, so... You know, right off the bat, this movie has that same dirty, grungy, grimy feel of the 03 uh, remake. And I, I like that atmosphere for for the Texas Chainsaw franchise. I think mm -hmm. it's, it makes it different than what you get with Nightmare, with, with Halloween, with Friday. You don't really get that. And with this, you kind of get that gross, saw, hostile type atmosphere. And I enjoy that. Yeah. So big thumbs up on keeping keeping at least that part of the continuity. Like I think they did a good job with that. Um, you know, you mentioned it, this movie is, is just gross in a lot of ways. And it's not a bad thing when I say that, I mean, they do a good job of making me go, Ugh. uh, the birth scene is, it's gross too. Like the initial birth scene is really nasty. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure I need a leather face origin story. So going into that movie, I'm kind of, or the first time I ever saw it, I'm kind of like, eh, okay. But right off the bat, man, you get Arlie Ermey, who is the fucking man, okay? Like, Hell yeah. he is so awesome. And I'm going to get into him a little bit more later. I'm going to save my thoughts as the movie gets going. Um, I thought that, you know, all that open was just, I liked it. Uh, again, I don't know if I need to see Leatherface working at a meat packing company, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I have in my notes, Fog Hat Rules. I'm right about that. Slow Ride is a great fucking song. And while they're talking at the pool, it works perfectly. But you're not you're not wrong, Brian. The they use that music to kind of like put you in the right time period, but it it really doesn't work because you can't tell. And right. you mentioned Rob Zombie, and it, it is very Rob Zombie because Rob Zombie has a lot of great soundtracks. That's that's one thing Rob Zombie gets right is the music in his movies. But you don't ever really know when those movies take place. Even his Halloween is kind of hard to tell. 
uh, right. when the fuck it happens, which is it kind of works there. I don't know if it worked here uh, because they talk so much about Vietnam and the war and all that stuff as we're about to get into. So some of the the talk in the pool, very like forward thinking and progressive, like ahead of its time, like that that dialogue would fit in to today's world. So that was kind of I don't know. It was kind of out of place to me. So you really like this cast, and I don't hate this cast. I think they do a good job. I'm just not as invested in this group as I was in the O3 group, if that makes sense. That's so, fair, for sure. As characters, I'm not as locked in, but it's, I think they do a good job with what they're given. Like, I'm not, it's not a knock on them. It's just as genuine characters, I'm not as invested in, see, in seeing them survive. Like, I kind of know, and you're right, knowing the Hewitt family lives on, you know that these four people are kind of on screen for Carnage Candy purposes. So, at this point, I just want to see how each of their deaths go. Like, so not if maybe one person lives, but, you know, we know the Hewitt family is surviving, so that kind of takes away some of the suspense. But, um, first of all, both female leads, call me sometime. If we're having her on the show, great. I'll get her number then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Hey, Kat- Catherine, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, you heard hey. We, you heard what he said, right? <laughs> I love you, Kat. Um, here's the deal. The, I have a nitpick with the entire Chainsaw franchise. This is the same plot as every other fucking Texas Chainsaw movie. <laughs> Desert road trip, get lost, sheriff pulls you over, fuck. Like, that's basically the whole, the whole franchise. Nobody really does anything different except the movie Leatherface, um, which is another prequel. Uh, again, en- enough with the prequels. But uh, I thought the first Leatherface kill was really good. Uh, really well done. I like the way it was shot. I like the way I liked the hammer stuff. And again, we get a little bit more gore than we got in the first one. Like that. I I have in my notes. And I don't really know why, but I wrote down uh, random chainsaw find because he just randomly picks the chainsaw up off the table that just so happened to be in the room that he killed this guy in. I don't know, <laughs> it, but I'm cool with it. It sounds like a nitpick because it is. I, I actually kind of thought it was humorous. But you're right, Brian. This is like he's wearing the mankind mask, and I can. Uh, yes. I just think Mick Foley when I see him. But I love this, this portrayal of Leatherface. He's so good. He's mean. He's nasty. I. I. This is to me. This is Leatherface when I think of the character. Is yes. the, is the one in these two films. So job well done on that. That's all I have on this scene. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Andrew is great. Uh, the two couples they drive off, and you know they're having fun. Chrissy asks Eric what he'll miss the most once he goes back to war. Now the real Sheriff Hoyt gets to the Hewitt house. He's looking for Thomas because he killed a man. And he asks, you know, Charlie, uh, the net, the future Sheriff Hoyt, to join him. They leave and he tells them he's moving to Michigan next week because this town is all drying up. There's nothing worth staying for. And then he tells the officer that his boy, Thomas, isn't retarded. He gets out to arrest him and Hewitt, he grabs the shotgun and he kills the sheriff. And I'm sure we all love this line. I just killed the whole fucking sheriff's department as he tastes the blood. He steals the uniform and the car and he heads home. He's now Sheriff Hoyt. Hoyt tells the family they're staying here. They sure as shit are going to remember what we do. They're eating the sheriff for supper. The couple stop at a gas station. They meet Luda May and some bikers. The two ladies talk and Bailey says they're going to Mexico. And Dean, he's not going to war. Eric questions if Dean has anything on his mind. 
They drive off, and Dean starts to burn his draft card, and Eric confronts him. And now that biker chick is chasing them, and as Eric reaches to grab a gun, they hit a cow, and, you know, the car flips, and it totals. It's a really bad wreck. Chrissy is thrown out. The other three are injured, but, you know, they're not dead. They're okay. Alex, she the, the chick biker, she points the gun at Eric's face. Sheriff Hoyt arrives, and he is not bullshit. He kills Alex. He, she, she shoots her dead instantly. And the other three are terrified. Eric sees Chrissy in the bushes. He finds the burned draft card. And, you know, Sheriff Hoyt, he questions who burned their draft card. Eric claims, Eric says it was him and not Dean. He calls Dean a coward, and he has Dean put uh, Alex's body in the car, and they get in the back seat. He has Monty come pick up the wreck. <laughs> and I wrote, not putting bodies in the trunk in the prequel, huh? They drive off, and Christy <laughs> goes to the wreck car. She looks for the gun and foolishly tries to crank the car for some reason. Come on, Chrissy. Monty got there hella fast, and he finds the gun, and he tows the truck off. All right, that's the next two scenes we got. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, shout out to Lou Temple, the sheriff here, um, for doing an intro to our show as well which you can hear that now, like uh, it's on our Devil's Rejects episode where he actually played Adam Banjo in that movie or at www.don'tgooutthere.com. But, but okay, my man, why would you leave that shotgun on the dash there? Come on. I mean, again, the movie kind of answers questions we weren't really asking, like yes. <laughs> how, how, did, how did our man, you know, was it, is it Charlie Hewitt? Was that his, yes. his name in there? Yeah. Um, you know, how did he become the sheriff? But, you know, it's it's harmless, minor things. And so, to be honest, you know, it kind of shows more about the family than it does Leatherface and what drives him anyway. And so, there's so many characters. The backstory doesn't really bother me in this instance. Um, Arlie Army, you said it a little bit, and I'll say it the whole damn time. He's just so good in these. And, you, you know, you said his line and just like just stand, him standing there in the mirror, those boxers scratching his nuts. It's just he makes this movie. I mean, nobody else could have done this and it would not have been near the movie it was without Arlie Army in this. Um, OK, so my only problem with the characters really is Eric, um, Matt Bomer's character. Um, I mean, it, it's I just think that they hammer home the quote-unquote Mr. Soldier, Captain America, too much. And, like, in this group of scenes, it's is really where I was like, okay, come on. Because it's like literally every single line that he has is about leaving for Vietnam early. And it's just, it just doesn't seem like fluid or, like, realistic conversation. And the way that, you know, Dean tells Eric um, with, with burning the card, that scene was kind of cheesy. I don't know. And like I wrote that, but then I've kind of saw where in the deleted scenes that they cut out a lot of that, which I didn't get to see. So I, I, maybe that would have made that a, a little bit different and a lot more, uh, a lot less cheesy to me. Um, but you know, they, they hit that damn cow, like God awful 2007 Halloween two running from the damn female Terminator in this uh, movie. Huh. But, <laughs> um, which is twice by the way that I've mentioned Rob zombie in this movie. So a I'm lot, sorry. A I'm lot sorry. less fucks in this scene though, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> That's very true. Um, and, and now see like with the O3 remake, and I kind of touched on this in that review of that movie, but y you get kind of why I do anyway, the tough guys are either gone or not around with Sheriff, with, with Sheriff Hoyt. And he like never really goes ape shit crazy where they would like, you know, I mean, he kind of shows a little bit of like, okay, something's off with him and that, but you know, until they're like in trouble, like with the scene where he's at the car, you know, making him put the gun to his mouth, you know, that sort of thing. 
But here he's like right off the bat, like questionable as fuck enough that Dean and Eric could have easily taken that gun and overpowered him. And so that was to me a little like unbelievable enough to the point, like, you know, they're at the car and it's hard for me to be bothered. Like I was in the O3 remake. Um, It's not easily relatable to me, I guess, because it's not, it's not believable that they, they wouldn't overpower him in that situation. And so I mean, I know he decides to later, but obviously it's the too late. And so that's just me. And that's just kind of an inside. Like when I watch movies like that, and that's why I think O3 Remake bothered me so much is because I like empathize with, all right, well, if I was that guy, there's nothing I could have done. I would have been fucked. Whereas like, all right, well, if I'm this guy, I believe that they would have at least tried to take the gun and overpower him right there and would have never even had the rest of the movie. But um, that's just me. And I don't really have a whole lot on these scenes. That That was just it. Uh, okay. So right here to me, the movie starts to drag a little bit. And I, and again, I don't mean that this is necessarily a bad set of scenes. Some of this just takes a little longer than I would like. And I mean, that's just preference. Uh, I love Arlie Ermey here. He is the fucking man. He makes this movie to me. And, and again, you get a really good Leatherface performance later but it takes a really long time to get to the leather face in this movie and to me that kind of knocks it down some but i'll be honest sheriff hoyt is a scarier character to me than Leatherface. at least in absolutely. this movie at absolutely. least i'm more terrified of sheriff hoyt arlie ermy than i am Leatherface up to this point and pretty much the rest of the time he is terrifying uh right i, I right. think he's a great antagonist you don't even hell i'd like to see a spinoff with just him fucking walk around murdering people that'd be <laughs> kind of cool anyway um hey man the original sheriff hoy is not only in devil's rejects but he's a goddamn uh he, yes. he's a goddamn rapist guard and and rob zombies halloween third rob zombie reference where is dustin when you need him man um <laughs> he, he would be in heaven right now yeah i mean well i mean i'm referencing a rapist but anyway you know hey what's well, the that hey. is that by the way is that was that only in the unrated version of that movie yes or was that yes, ready? yes. Oh, okay Hey, what's the dish, Ishmael? Hey, what the fuck? You got feelings for this freak? That's him. Same guy. All right. Anyway. Uh, by the way, I the the biker gang stuff, eh, don't really care. Uh, if you really want to know my thoughts on biker gangs, there's a South Park episode about biker gangs. Just check that out. That's how I feel about them. Um, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. By the way, I didn't know horses had organisms instead of orgasms. That was kind of weird. That's some very Rob Zombie dialogue right there. Well, and see, and that was only in the unrated version. I missed that whole dialogue. Okay. I wasn't hey, even in it. hey, aren't you glad you missed horses being fingered? See, that's very, very Rob Zombie to me. But anyway, uh, it does make sense kind of the time period that it came out. But yeah, I um, all this car, all this car ride and wreck, it just kind of drags a little for me. Uh, once we get to Sheriff Hoyt, though, I I think it picks up. The intensity picks up. It's really good. I love the way it's shot. Uh, in the daylight and you know we kind of talked about how sometimes daylight doesn't work i think with this it does it's hot as fuck the sweat the nasty the blood like all that just kind of works together for that set of scenes so i really like that and placing it around a war is a it's a subplot that i i'm undecided on if i really care about him being a draft dodger or not like i it's a weird set of circumstances to me where i'm just not I'm not super invested in these characters because I know they're going to die. And so it's kind of, I'm not hundred percent sure how I am on that subplot, but I get hell that may have been accidental that they hit on an issue, but they definitely did. 
but yeah, so, and, and by the way, why the fuck are you hiding and letting all your friends go through this? Anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, I really like these next two set of scenes, guys. Me too. Me too. Uh, so do I. Boy asks what brought them here. Dean says he was stationed in Vietnam. And then Eric questions where the sheriff is taking them. He says, Mama's house. Eric says they're going to kill him. Thomas comes out and grabs Alex's body. He has Thomas tie Dean and Eric up in the barn. He like, how do you, how do you describe it? Like crucifixion kind of style? It's they're like, they're it's like hung up in the barn. Yeah, there's some like pulleys and like, yeah, like you said, crucifixion, like pulled up with the pulleys. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Luna <laughs> <laughs> calls Hoyt dumb because they're going. To, the cops are going to come looking for him. Monty drops the car off by the house. Then we get, uh, I really didn't like this, a jump scare uh, to almost getting pissed on, you know, Chrissy, Jordana Bruce's character. Sheriff has Tommy butcher Alex up. He hoses the guys down. Chrissy, she gets to the house, she sees what's going on and runs to the road. They ask Monty to help, but he walks away. Then Monty walks in. He finds Bailey tied to the table on the floor. Now this is really intense. Hoyt wraps plastic plastic wrap all around Eric's face to like to suffocate him, and he's harassing him for burning his draft card. Dean finally admits he's actually Dean. Hoyt stabs the knife into Eric's mouth so he can breathe again. He throws Dean on the ground. Chrissy makes it to the road. Hoyt tells Dean about his time in Korea and becoming a cannibal. Ludeme washes Bailey's face. Ten push-ups and you're free, Dean. However, he beats the shit out of him with a nightstick and kicks to his ribs and his back. Intense scene with uh, cuts to Ludeme singing Rockabye Baby to Bailey. And that's really creepy. Eric encourages Dean. He makes it to ten but receives (laughs) more ass-kicking. Hoyt walks off. Chrissy flags down Holden, the, uh, the male biker. He ignores her until she tells him that they took Alex as well. He grabs his he grabs his gun and says, "Show me where." Let me flip my page real quick. The tea lady and Ludeme they share some tea casually over a bound up Bailey underneath the table. Eric finally gets himself free. He helps Dean get up. Then he throws a brick through the window and barricades the door with the tea lady. He cuts Bailey free and gives her the keys to the truck. She jumps in the truck and drives off. And this is all just real quick scenes. Uh, Hoyt he calls for Thomas. Hoyt knocks Eric out with a, a hit to the head with a shotgun. And then Thomas pulls, she yanks Bailey out of the truck with the hook and drags her in the house. And then Dean gets caught in a bear trap. It's like talking about a plan falling apart super fast guys. But I really, I got a, I got that fun fact about Eric or Matt Balmer. He really, he did. He actually did that scene with the uh, yeah. plastic wrap. So that's, that's and Arlie army was actually really nervous doing that scene. So big shout out to Balmer for doing that scene, but go ahead, Brian. That's the only thing I want to say. Uh, yeah, I had that too. And I mean, I, I know there's a lot of action, a lot of stuff going on in these scenes, but there's so many nitpicks to me. Like it's kind of a, it's almost like a frustrating group of scenes for me. Um, like, you know, playing off my last beef with, with how they portray the guys. And I don't know if I missed something in the unrated or the rated version or not, but it just cuts from come on private to them being strung up. And I think that's a cop out, uh, no pun intended there, but because, you know, they don't, they don't fight it. They, they don't do shit and they could have easily overpowered him. I mean, did they, did they go get Thomas to, to come up here and pick him up and put him on that thing? Like, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions I had there and, and I feel like they didn't tell me anything. It was just, I was expected to believe that. Um, and yeah, I had that, I had that, uh, 
that fun, all oh, that not so fun, absolutely fucking terrifying claustrophobia fact that you just said. Yeah, that one. Um, but you know, I, I never see, I, I say never, I have, but it's been forever ago with the other ones, but <clears throat> Leatherface is not, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but he's not the antagonist in these movies. Um, and this, you yeah. know, it's the Hewitt, it's the Hewitt family. It's, it's Sheriff Hoyt without a doubt. And, and thank God, honestly, because Arlie Ermey like carries these two movies. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Mike, you touched on this a little bit, but, and that's super contradicting for me because a million times I've said, I know I don't want different. I don't want Jason out of crystal Lake, which I just complained about like, you know, a couple of uh, reviews ago and Jason takes Manhattan and, and, but this is like, this is definitely very formulaic, like, like oh, you said. Yes. And it's, you know, pretty much the same plot, just like you said, of every one of these movies. And and so I'm like, I kind of wish that it would have done, uh, tried to do something a little bit different. And I don't have anything off the top of my head, you know, I'd like to have rather seen. I don't know. Um, but it's just, okay, let me just, maybe I said all that to make this point, is that it's not scary at all to me. Because... You know, knowing the Hewitt family is all on the next one and knowing these people aren't going to survive, it takes away the tension that I would normally have. And that I had a shitload of in the 03 remake. Um, you know, I definitely felt that tension through that whole film, and I don't feel that at all here. I just am kind of sitting down watching a gore fest. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, and I, I do like, though, how they just kind of briefly inserted the whole cannibal story and why he eats people and quickly and briefly, but, but, but it don't hit you over the head with it either. So I, that's what I kind of like, like, like I said earlier, it gives you answers to questions you aren't asking, but they're, they're small enough little tidbits that it's not really that big of a deal. Um, and also obviously it's a stupid ass decision for Chrissy to just leave them and go off. I mean, I think we can all probably much agree on that, but you know, I mean, I know we get to give them a little hope with her, but maybe they could have had them just like, I don't know, had, had uh, the biker just happen upon her motorcycle or something. I don't know, but having her just leave them after seeing that all tied up wasn't real realistic to me and shit. I mean, how long did she walk? It takes her no time to get back to the road, but it takes hours and it's dark before she gets back. And like, because in the next group of scenes, they're clear. It's clearly daytime when her and Holden are like walking through the woods and then the next cut it's dark and they're still not there yet. So I don't know. I don't know. Did they get lost? Did, you know, did I miss something? An unread version there? I don't know. Um, you know, in a last, my last nitpick is that fuck, how fast is leather faced that he could just hawk down that damn truck out of nowhere and grab Bailey. And I mean, look, Eric would have beat Hoyt's ass just as soon as he got within reaching distance of that gun. I think he would have grabbed him. He would not ever have let the dude stick it up to his forehead and got close enough without putting hands on him. So I don't know. I That's why it's such a frustrating group of scenes for me where it's like, yes, it's action packed. And yes, you know, some stuff's finally happening. But I think all of the common sense parts of it that I like to insert in things aren't here. And so that's why it's frustrating. Hey, Mike, before you go, yeah, Brian, in the, I guess in the unrated or whatever, uh, the Blu-ray that I have, it shows Chrissy and Holden, they're walking back to the house, and Chrissy just appears to be lost, because Holden, I think, asks, like, where's this house or something like that, and they can't find it, so there is a brief little, their lost moment, but you're right, she finds the house, or she finds the road really fast, but then gets lost super easy, so I, I, I feel you on that nitpick, but go ahead, Mike. 
Yeah, the whole Chrissy, her whole story arc to me is frustrating <laughs> because yeah. why did she go off on her own? Like, I, I, I really don't think that that's the right thing to do here, lead to abandon your friends. Like, I kind of, I guess, could get her mindset where she's like, okay, I'll save them later. But no, man, like, you're kind of ditching your friends. But anyway, that and you're right about everything you said, so I'm not going to keep hammering the same nail there. But um, okay. So I, again, this is kind of my point with, with Sheriff Hoyt being the main antagonist here. He takes him to the house. He ties them up. Like this is very, this is normally what Leatherface would be doing. And so like Brian said, not a, Leatherface is not a great antagonist in this movie. Like there's the final little bit that I know we're going to talk about where he's great, but we just don't, to me, this movie doesn't have enough of him. I know we're telling an origin story and we're trying to kind of lay some back work that you can watch this movie and put it right up next to 03 Chainsaw. But some of that I didn't necessarily like. I, I kind of like Sheriff Hoyt as a side antagonist where he, he plays along with Leatherface. To me, he he's the asshole here. So, uh, But again, I like the character of Sheriff Hoyt so much. I, it's it's kind of a nitpick. I, I like the scene in the barn with all the, you know, the the face wrap and the push-ups mm-hmm. and the bear trap. Like I, all of that is, is really good. Um, and it, I think it's intense. It, it's very captivating to me as far. So to me, that little run right there is probably my favorite part of the movie until we get to about the last 10 minutes. Cause up to this point, I'm not necessarily invested, like I said, in these characters. So it's kind of dragging and it's still a good little horror movie. But it's not it's not doing enough for me to have it up there, you know, with 03, you know. And, of course, I'm going to compare it to that movie because it's the prequel to that movie. So, of right. course, I, I, I'm going to go back and forth in my head with that. Um, it's kind of why I really don't have a whole lot on these scenes except that I really like the way they shoot that little section of scenes with the push-ups and the way that Arlie Ermey acts and, and the way that Dean is – like, all of that is really good. Um it's it's again and the you know where where Chrissy flags down Holden I'm good on Holden as a character man like don't need him don't care what the fuck ever like I <laughs> I, I don't know again he's there to, to get killed on screen and boy does he get killed on screen that's gonna be a thumbs up later spoiler alert on that but uh, yeah so this I like the I like the scenes because they were starting to kind of turn up the volume a little bit but. There does come a point where I need it to go a little faster. And we're about to get into stuff that goes a little faster. And before we even get to that, Nico, I kind of want to – we already got one dinner table scene. We're going to get a fucking another dinner table scene. And every Texas Chainsaw has to have a goddamn dinner table scene. And I've seen them all, okay? I have put myself through that misery of watching Texas Chainsaw (laughs) Massacre, the the next generation with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. And even it – has a damn dinner table scene. Just think of this shit. Right, you're about to get right to it. By the way, you're about to get right into the dinner table scene. So that's why I prefaced it. I'm I'm teeing you up here, man. <laughs> All right, nighttime now. Hoyt has Tommy take Eric to his butcher room. He's because <laughs> Hoyt's like, you think I'm a pussy? Well, why don't you see if my my little nephew Tommy is? All right. So Holden and Chrissy finally make it to the house. Fuck your friends, Holden says. Thomas punches Eric, and Chrissy finds Dean. 
He tells her to go get help, and she says there is no help. Sheriff cops a feel and then binds Bailey to the bed. Thomas nails Eric's hands and feet to the table uh, with these like metal constraints. He gropes his face and then cuts his shirt off. Holden enters the house, and Chrissy climbs in through a window and sneaks through the house. Monty is met by Holden and gets shot in the leg. Where's the girl, he says. He puts the gun to Hoyt's head now. Sheriff takes him to Bailey's room. Thomas but is butchering Eric's arm, and it's awful. Thomas yes. goes upstairs as Hoyt calls him. Chrissy finds a severely injured Eric. He can't feel his arm. He's cold, he says. He asks about their future kids. Holden says that that's not the girl. And then you see like he's got the gun pointed at, at the sheriff. But then Thomas, he comes out and hits him in the arm with the chainsaw and throws him on top of it. Hoyt holds him down, and then Thomas cranks up the chainsaw and cuts him in half. And that's, spoiler alert, I think that's my favorite kill. Hoyt harasses the, the dead biker, and he's, like, cussing him out. And that's a really intense scene. He's got blood on his face. It's awesome. Thomas goes downstairs, and Chrissy hides under the table Eric is on. He fires up the chainsaw and kills Eric and almost hits Chrissy in the face. He grabs a knife and cuts Eric's face off as she watches it. He removes his face covering, and he puts on Eric's face as his new mask, and Hoyt compliments him on it. Now Chrissy sees Eric's remains and falls in the water, of course. She exits the room and is almost out of the house and leaves, but she hears Bailey's cry for help. And the next two scenes are the ending. Go ahead, Brian. Wait, hold up. So they they cut Holden in half? Like, because they didn't show that on the theatrical version. So they just kind of implied yeah, that, but yeah, I, they, I didn't get to see oh, it. Oh, they show it, brother. Hey, Brian, they throw him on top of it. He cranks it up, and he, he yanks it. He cuts him in half, and then, he, like, you see his body shaking and convulsing. And then, like, Arlie Army grabs his head and, like, beats it on the ground. And he's like, you son of a bitch, you asshole, all that stuff. He's got blood all over his face. It's awesome. And, and, then, and then Bailey is in the bed crying and screaming. It's, it's intense, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was good that I saw it. it. Just didn't show the cut in half part. Which, man, I got I got to watch that the the unrated version. I might like this a little bit. Better. Honestly, the effects on that are great. They do a great job. It's awesome, dude. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, and I and I agree with you, Mike. Uh, whenever you said you, you that they do daytime very well, and they did in the O three remake too. So I agree with you when I say this. But I, I really like the nighttime whenever it turns nighttime and right. it's both of these because yep. I think I think that it's if I recall correctly that it's about the third act too where it gets dark in the O three remake. So um I, I like I like how they kind of have the same progression and you know at nighttime's the big third third act. So uh, I, anyway, I definitely like that. I wanted to say that. Um and you know, ho holy shit, um holy shit at Eric's death. Like that to me and I know they cut some scenes out of that, but let me tell you, what I saw, the theatrical version, holy shit, like, I don't know how how they didn't have to cut that part because, I mean, you know, I don't, so if this made it through, I don't know if I wouldn't have seen the other because, holy shit, like, you know, we're not even through yet. Just, like, you know, being under that table and then her getting up to see her boyfriend like that with her face cut off, my God, like, that was, that was epic. And uh, I watched a little bit behind the scenes video of kind of how they did that, the special effects on that. So um, I'm not really sure where I saw that. It's on YouTube, so just look at it. But it's really cool to go 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 do some extra research. And yeah, look Dead, at it. So Dead Meat really cool. had it in the uh, kill count, I believe. Oh, did he? Okay, good. I, I didn't watch that kill count, but I'm that if it's on there, great. Go watch that. Plus, he's funny as hell anyway. So, um, and 
so this is the last thing I have to say because I really don't have a lot about these scenes besides just the fact that wow, because it's just gore factor serious or crazy. But um, this is where I may what I'm going to say, like I may have some people and maybe maybe you two will roll your eyes at me, too. Anyway, but I almost felt like it's a little bit too much like in. 2003s wasn't this like shock pornish and and I understand because Mike's ex- uh, absolutely right when he said it came out you know around Saw and Hostel had already came out so they felt like they had to like you know up the ante I'm sure but I don't feel like that because 03 I felt like did it and they didn't need the the total shock fact they didn't need to to show me show somebody's getting you know uh, what's his name the lead from that movie getting his face cut off it was just it was as effective when you saw him wearing it going holy shit that's his face you know it was and to me i I don't know that's my biggest point and i've already said this part where it's like you know this movie it wasn't able to scare you or, or or even use the tension very well because it's a prequel and i feel like i had that working against it so because you're aware of the outcome and all that but the, it relied it had to rely so much on gore and jump scares which they didn't even use a whole bunch of jump scares either um but it, but i felt like that that's they were almost handcuffed into okay we almost have to do that and uh i don't know i mean i'm just i while, while i'm sitting here you know being contradicting myself telling you how i want to watch the dude get a chainsaw in half because i missed it uh maybe you know and then i'm telling you i don't know cutting his <laughs> showing me his face getting cut off was probably a little bit much for me um, so I don't know, like I said, I'm contradicting myself, but that's kind of me throughout the, all of these anyway. So, um, but that's all I had on these scenes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of going to contradict myself a couple times here, but that kind of <laughs> happens on this show. Uh, so it's okay. Just, just from the standpoint of this movie being scary, this definitely doesn't have that same suspense and, and use of like, the way they move the camera and the way it's lit and everything that the 03 one has. Again, we're going to keep comparing the two because, again, it's a fucking prequel to that movie. So I'm okay with comparing the two. Um, it doesn't have that scare factor to me that the 03 movie did. The first time I ever watched it, I, I was genuinely a little unnerved by what I was watching that first 03 movie. This one yes. has a lot of, and I don't mean this in a bad way with Saw. I love Saw. But some of the Saw sequels, we obviously kind of go, you know, the torture porn direction and especially Hostel. I'm going to just throw Hostel out there as the example. This movie definitely has some of those vibes. And so some of the scariness to me, that that suspense factor is taken out with some of the gore. And I like gore. Gore is fine. I think the way they kill Eric is brutal. It's gross, but it works to me. Um, Sometimes when they remove the face, though, I don't know if I necessarily need to see that, but I thought it worked for this movie because we're already going that direction. Might as well show me. Uh, <laughs> so again, the holding kill that we already kind of touched on as a group, really love it. I think it's awesome. The effects are great. The blood on Arlie Ermy and he's screaming, fuck, and all this stuff. Like it's so good. Well acted. Well done with the effects. I think the nighttime works as well. And I think just like the, the you know, the shaking and everything by uh, Holden, during that whole thing is is great and the cutting in half does not bother me. I think this movie has awesome kills. So I, I want to point that out. That for all the bad things that I've kind of hinted at with the gore, the kills are great. They're creative. They're they're I I like just about every single kill in this movie. Um so 
kudos for that because normally, no matter what movie we talk about, there's a stinker of a kill. And I don't necessarily think this movie has a bad kill. They're not all excellent, but they're all really good. And so big props to that. And this set of scenes kind of has that to me. Um, and what, what we're about to get into, you know, more good kills to come, at least in my opinion. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this movie for those reasons. And I would rather be watching the movie for the story. So there's a little bit of give and take there. Because again, I don't necessarily care about Chrissy, Eric, <laughs> Bailey. Like I, I honestly don't really care. Because I want to, I'm more invested in the Hewitt family than I am the rest of the characters. So that's kind of what this movie is. It's a Hewitt family movie, um, and this set of scenes reminded me of that. I'm more invested in making sure that Arlie Ermy lives. I know he does, but you know he's, you know, there's some parts in this little set of scenes here where I don't know what they're trying to do, but you know, I don't believe that he's gonna die. So it's just kind of. It feels like a little bit of a waste. But I like this set of scenes. I think it being nighttime, like you said, Brian, really helps. And I think the kills and the gore work. But I also just wish that the story was a little bit stronger underneath that. That's all. Yeah, and I don't want to beat, you know, a dead horse right now. But, you know, kind of like we've touched on in the past, you know, after Scream came out, all the movies that followed it were Scream-like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So – so this movie, the beginning, came out in 2006. Hostel came out, I just looked on IMDb, January 2006. Uh, Saw 1 and 2 had already released, and then right. Saw 3 released three weeks after this one. So I definitely feel like this movie up the gore just to fit, you know, keep up with the Joneses, really, right. with all, yeah. everything that was going on. Absolutely. Um, and, and thrown into that mix are the two Rob Zombie movies, The House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. They oh, yeah. also up the ante with not only the gore, but just just like the on-screen violence and the dialogue that we get in some of this movie. It's definitely definitely Devil's Rejects level of dialogue. Like there's, again, some of the acting is really good from the Hewitt family, but the dialogue has a little bit of that that Rob Zombie feel to me. At least in the uh, unrated version, it does. There's another Rob Zombie quote or yeah. a reference. Well, yeah. <laughs> like if the if the O three remake would have been the O six remake, yeah. you would definitely you would see Kemper's death more. Yep. You would see uh, Pepper's Kemper. kill. You would see uh, Pe- Pepper's kill more because you didn't really see a lot. You just saw you know a quick hit and then it's done. So you know not to beat a dead horse, but I definitely think this one was just trying to keep up with the times with uh, yep. the gore. And but that's the, are, hey every right. horror hey every big slasher franchise has done that though. You yeah. see you know. Yeah. Friday up the ante on Halloween and then Halloween four turns around and does that because it was a response to the Friday franchise. So, you know, there's always trying to up the ante with that. And the same thing with all the, you know, the scream, I won't call them knockoffs, but scream lights. Cause I like, I know what you did last summer and the faculty. I like those movies, but they are scream light in a way. So every, oh, yeah, I mean, they got the same writer. Absolutely. Right. There. So yeah. every, so every, every big genre changing film, has its copycats and to me this just kind of came out in that in that zombie saw hostile time period where where we have we have to be dirty and gross and grungy and again i like that aesthetic but we do get a lot of like copycat dialogue and gore in this movie so yeah and and guys if you think about it leatherface's look looks almost exactly like 
the guys in the hostel, you know, with the torture oh, people. Yeah. Yes. Then, yeah. Like O three and O six, like Leatherface's look isn't even the same really. It's different. Absolutely. I have to. I have to admit, I have never seen Hostel just because of the torture porn uh, reputation. I've just never seen it. First well, one, I mean, not bad. The second one is tough. <laughs> yeah, but you know, let's jump into these last two scenes. Um, all right, Chrissy. She heads up the stairs. Uncle Monty. He sits in a chair. Hoyt asks if he trusts him. He has Thomas cut off Monty's leg that got shot in the gun with the gun. Hoyt says, "Thomas, that's sloppy. So cut off his other leg too." <laughs> Chris, and I like what he says. What'd you do that for? Balance. I like that line for some. You know, it's just a little funny moment in a really intense scene. Chrissy almost gets spotted, but makes it to Bailey's room. She unties her, but Hoyt walks in on them. Time for supper. They drag Dean inside. Chrissy appears to have been drugged. She wakes up and calls them degenerates as Luda May is cutting off Bailey's hair. <laughs> Calls him an ancestral family. Thomas walks in, grabs the scissors, and cuts Bailey's throat, killing her, setting her free. He grabs Chrissy and carries her off, but she grabs a screwdriver and stabs him in the back. And why did you not just keep stabbing him, Chrissy? Why did you not do that? She jumps out the window, and now Leatherface chase time. Dean wakes up and sees his dead girlfriend. He attacks Hoyt on the porch, bashing his head on the porch repeatedly, knocking his teeth out. And, you know, he's just saying that basically the same stuff that Hoyt was telling him when he was doing push-ups. Dean, he hears a chainsaw, chase through the woods, and we're in the meat plant again. She finds the dead owner's keys and hides in a container of blood. I don't know what that thing is actually called. Leatherface quickly finds her and almost kills her, but Dean hacks him in the back with an axe. Like an idiot, he tries to help Chrissy, so he, so he gets killed by the chainsaw epically. I really like his kill, too, but I'll get into that later. She runs out and gets in the car to leave. She sees a police officer with, with a civilian pulled over, and she thinks she's home free. Let me flip my page. Then all of a sudden, Leatherface pops up in the back seat, and he kills her with a chainsaw through the seat. The car hits the two men, killing them as well. And the film ends with Leatherface walking down the road, chainsaw in hand. And I like the ending. The film ends with narration. From 1969 to 1973, the Hewitt family murdered 33 people across the state of Texas. To this day, it is universally considered the most notorious and brutally sadistic killing spree in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I really like that. I, lo I love that narration. I, 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 I love all the narration from the very original Texas Chainsaw and then this set of... And then this set of two are the same guy, and I think it works really well. So, just oh yeah, that. oh yeah, yeah. It's John, John, John Larroquette, and it's perfect. It's hey, perfect. Yeah, my my so mind was slipping. I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, but go ahead, Brian. Um, yeah. I'm first of all, I'm pretty confident that Uncle Monty would have passed out during that whole quote unquote surgery, but. I wanted to see them him salt that wound like he did. I think it was Kemper in the O3 remake where he salted him and then like, you know, wrapped it in that paper. I heard him wrapping it in that paper, but I didn't see him salt it because even that made me cringe. I remember in that O3 remake, I missed it right there. It would have been good. Um, but I did laugh. I did laugh my ass off at the uh, another plate for supper. You can stay line delivered from Arlie Army. I mean, that was just brilliantly delivered there. Um, speaking of lines, though, like honestly, the line – from Chrissy about fucking all your cousins or just the ones you find attractive or whatever. I like that line. It makes her seem like a tough, badass bitch, but it just seems out of place. Like, I don't feel like that that was really the, the I don't know. Um, it just wasn't yeah, the place to, to say that. It was just, <laughs> oh, five Rob Zombie references, if you're counting. Um, 
But 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 that dialogue led to that amazing delivery from Marley Army where he said, "You blasphemous bitch!" Like I'll so I'll forgive it because I thought that was that was great. Anything, oh, so anything that plays into him is just fucking great. But uh, and also shit, you know, Dean knocking out all his teeth was subtle too. So that was a nice little touch, a nice little answer to a question you weren't asking about the O three one. Like how did he lose his teeth? But he should have killed him. And Mike already talked about this. Like you can't. It's not like you, you know, it cuts away and never shows him again and kind of leads you to believe, well, maybe he got, maybe he died. Obviously he didn't. So, you know, you would have really had to start with this movie. And, and, and maybe, you know, maybe that's something I wish I would have been able to do is start with this and then not ever have seen the 03 remake and just see how, see how if I would have liked things differently or better or not. I don't know. But um, having seen it, you know where that's going. And so there was no tension whatsoever. Um, and again, like that tension that I was just talking about with Chrissy back at the meatpacking plant, we know she doesn't live. So, you know, it's not, it's not like Jessica Beale where you're like trying to root for her to get away. You're just kind of waiting for her to die. Um, you know, and, and when Leatherface like rears up with that chainsaw, you got to give him that lateral role there, Chrissy. I mean, obviously she's never done mat drills, but she's got her lateral role in that position. Um, but the way I think it should have ended is one of their group should have been that girl from the O3 remake who they found walking down the road and they shouldn't have had this set years before, but like maybe just before. So, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe that would have been a cool little, little move into the next movie. Um, because I don't really like the way that this ended at all. I mean, Leatherface fucking like transported into the back of the car because, you know, stealth is, you know, definitely Leatherface's strength here with a fucking chainsaw. But, you know, that that's so that's my only problem is is the movie or I mean the ending. Um, but like we talked about, Larrakat's, you know, coming back for the prologue. I mean, seriously, it didn't even matter the problems with the movie. Just hearing him give that is is perfect. It, it almost gives me um, uh, what's that uh, unsolved mysteries vibe type of thing. I don't know. Like it's the, the same voice that you put with it and you know Larroquettes is who you put with the chainsaw massacre with that whole camera going off um and you know i know there were three alternate endings um where chrissy gets in the car after escaping the meat factory and leatherface is is not in the back seat but then leatherface like saws through the window with the chainsaw and he kills chrissy that might have been better to me because i don't you know he didn't transport into the back seat so um, I think that I think that one would have been better. Um, the other two endings were just kind of mad. I mean, he kills Chrissy in the from the backseat with a knife through the chest instead of the chainsaw, which was better with the chainsaw. And the other one was um, the same, but didn't have the Larroquette voiceover. So fuck that. So um, I, I think the other alternate ending would have been better for me. Yeah. So I. All right. I know I like kind of shit on the dinner table stuff, but it, it being kind of iconic and synonymous with the franchise, some of this kind of works here. Uh, I like I like this last little bit, but th- this this to me is kind of the same as the last set of scenes, which was this is about the kills and the Hewitt family. Like, how cool can we make these kills? And I think they do a good job. Like again, I don't think there are any bad kills in this movie. I think Dean's death is awesome. Like, the way he picks him up with the chainsaw, I think that's really cool. Like, yeah. I have no issue with that at all. Um, that's a great kill. 
I think I even like the end. I don't, I agree with you, Brian. I don't like how Leatherface gets into the car, but I think the kill is really good. And the suspense with what's going on outside the car kind of helps with that to me. Uh, I think it's really good. So uh, while I might not love the ending, I don't hate the ending. And the narration makes it, man. Oh, like, yeah. Like there is, and again, Arlie Ermey kind of comes back into the movie, even though I don't really know why he was gone to begin with. We know he lives. So there is no suspense there. Uh, just, I, that's a nitpick, I guess. But I agree with you, Brian. I would have maybe injected at least one character from that 03 movie into this movie somehow. Because then you really have connective tissue. I would have had whoever was in that car be somebody from this, from the from the 03. That way there's, and I've done this, where I've watched this movie and gone right into 03, and it does fit well, so I will give them credit. It's like a, a decent puzzle piece of connective tissue where you can watch the movies back to back and they feel like they take place in the same place, same universe, same timeline. Yeah. But but it's missing a connective tissue with the characters outside of the Hewitt family. Like I just think it would have been really cool to have some connective tissue there within the two. But again, I don't hate any of this. I think it's good. Uh, So my thoughts on this part are just kind of, this is a, nice little horror movie like i know i'm not trying to downplay it but it it's a it, it's a slasher at its slasheriest at this point like it's just cool kills a lot of violence uh the music is there and like you said i i love that little cha-ching cha-ching from the texas yeah. chainsaw franchise in general if it's not in the movie if it's not in your texas chainsaw movie you have fucked up it may it's just part of the atmosphere that mood that kind of gets you in the you know get you into watching these movies so i like it i think it's good and and props on the net kill at the dinner table i like that like again i don't think there's any yeah. kills in this movie. like i think it was done really well and to see dean wake up next to her was was again if i'm gonna invest in the characters at all i was kind of like oh man poor guy right there but uh outside of that i i don't really have any problems with any of this i just don't love it like there's just a lot of liking going on like it's I'm, yeah. I I like the movie. I like this set of scenes, but I don't love anything. So, well, if you'll remember, like in the O three remake when we were talking about it, I even said like, you know how you know the blonde girl that got in the the yes. car and then ended up shooting herself. Like I, you know, I almost said that there was almost like a prequel there with yeah, I think because so you too. know they show the car, they show the picture of the family like that they find and all that stuff. Like you, I almost like and and you know. Um, and Hoyt has his gun, you know, that was his gun that she had, you know, that she shot himself with. How did she get it? Like, there's a lot of stuff that I would have maybe liked. So if you took that girl and maybe put her in this group and then answered those questions, it would have made O3 remake even, you know, even better. Like it would, have, I think it would have enhanced both movies. Um, but that's just me. I mean, uh, the one, the hour 30 runtime was good enough. You know, that might've made it too long. I don't know, but um, I just felt like it was missing a little bit something that, and that, that might've helped out with. Do any of y'all got any final thoughts for Brian? Brian's going to go into the differences between the director's cut and the theatrical release. Y'all got any final thoughts before we do that? I'm good, man. Let's get into it. All right, Brian, go ahead, brother. Okay. Yeah. And I'm trying not to go on too long here. Um, 
Uh, number one, there's, there's a bit more, uh, blood whenever, uh, Leatherface's mom is in labor with Leatherface. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, there are two more violent shots of Leatherface smashing his boss's legs with a hammer. Um, which I thought that that scene was, was violent enough anyway. But, uh, um, there's a whole new scene with, where nine bikers, including Holden and Alex smash up the car of the teens, um, which also causes Eric's mirror to break, which explains his line later on when he says, God damn it, broke my mirror which I didn't get because I don't have the unrated version. So when he said that, I was like, I don't even know what the hell that it just, I blew it off. Um, there's some extra dialogue. Like we already touched on with Sheriff Winston and Hoyt, um, where Sheriff Winston tells Hoyt, you know, how, how one of his friends, you know, told him to finger the horse, which we already talked about. Um, at the first dinner table scene, Hoyt talks more about, uh, the people in the town leaving and we see Leatherface start to actually eat. Um, there's a very short conversation with Holden and Alex, um, into Luda May's store after Bailey asks where the bathroom is, um, more character development. Um, Hoyt pulls out a piece of glass out of Bailey's stomach after the car crash and he licks the blood off of the glass and Bailey screams at him with expletives. Um, there's some, uh, there's some more dialogue in Sheriff Hoyt's car with Eric, uh, Bailey and Dean in it. Um, when, when Bailey is tied under the table, Leatherface walks into the room and she starts screaming, uh, as he just stares at her, um, before letting Dean do the pushups, Hoyt yells some more at Dean. And now like Dean has to do 20 pushups instead of 10. Um, the scene is the same, but Dean just like goes from eight to 18, like very quickly. Um, there's some more dialogue between Luda May and tea lady, including the tea lady saying how she thinks iced coffee is good. So I'm glad they cut that shit. Um, Eric's torture scenes a bit longer. Uh, it includes some more shots of him getting tortured and a shot from his arm skin getting peeled off, which holy shit. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, that, they couldn't have added a whole lot more gore to that, but I guess they could have. Um, the scene where Chrissy first enters the house is extended a little bit. Um, when Luda May drops the jar, uh, she cleans up the mess and she throws it in the trash can. Useless scene. Holden's death is more graphic. It includes an extra shot of him getting cut in half. So there you go. That's what I missed. Um, Eric's death has more graphic shots, including a piece of flesh flying out of his body uh, and the chainsaw coming really close to Chrissy, like underneath that table. Um, the scene where Monty's legs are cut off is extended. Um, there's extra shot of his legs falling to the ground. Um uh, there's three more here. Uh, during Bailey's death scene, there's an extra shot of Hoyt smiling at Leatherface before he slits her throat. Um, then there's an extra graphic shot of Bailey's slit throat that goes on a little bit longer. Um, in the slaughterhouse, when Leatherface looks for Chrissy in the pools of blood, we see an extra point of view shot from Leatherface looking into a blood pool without Chrissy in it. Um, and there's a lot of rotten flesh floating around. Uh, more useless scene, though. Um, during Dean's death scene, there's an extra graphic shot above Dean where Leatherface is, uh, still running the chainsaw for five more seconds. And lastly, Chrissy's death scene includes two extra shots. One is of the chainsaw cutting up her belly button. And the second shot is him pulling the chainsaw out of her. So those are all the differences in there. Um, definitely it's almost a different movie, almost gore wise for sure. See, I'm wondering if some of that is some of the deleted scenes too, because not all of those are in the version I watched either, like the bikers really? attacking the car. Yeah, that's not in the uh, part I watched. That might be some of the, because, you know, they had to cut 17 scenes, I think, to make yeah. this from NC-17 to R. So that might be some of the deleted scenes too. But um, we got a question from a fan on Facebook, and this is really going to, this is a, a pretty good question, honestly. Do you think a prequel was necessary? In your opinions, 
did do a good job of giving us history on these characters. And that's from uh, Michelle Mirza on Facebook. And I'll, I'll answer it first. I'm going to say yeah, because I like the 03 remake. I like this Hoyt. I won't say I like the Hewitt family, but they're fascinating as hell. They're, they're entertaining to watch. And kind of like we talked about with uh, an It, you know, another It sequel or prequel or whatever. I want more Bill Skarsgård. I want more Pennywise. I want more good Leatherface and good Hewitt family. Like, we don't get a lot of these slasher-type movies anymore. So, yeah, if this is all you got and it's good, yeah, I'll take more of it. Uh, Brian, Mike, you want to go next? Mike can go since I just ran my mouth for like 20 minutes. All right. Um, yeah, I necessary? Well, that's – it's a yeah. sequel or prequel ever really necessary? Probably not. But I enjoy it. I, I'm i glad it exists. I yeah. do – I probably would have rather seen a sequel yeah. than a prequel because I – like you, Nico, I want to see more of this Hewitt family in this version of Leatherface. Like I think there's more story – to be told there's more meat on the bone, which is why I probably would have preferred a sequel to a prequel, but at least we have two movies with them. Um, a sequel will probably never happen. Uh, I know there are scripts out there for it though. So, you know, if you could get the people together, you know, as much of them as possible, that might be something to look forward to down the road. Probably not ever going to happen, but I would have rather seen a sequel, but I'm glad there is at least a prequel to that 03 movie, because that 03 movie is so damn good. And plus, I miss seeing slashers on my movie screen. So the more the merrier. <laughs> yeah, and I touch on this just briefly, kind of at a little bit at the end of in my little summary. So uh, whenever I rate it, so I'll go into that a little bit more. But uh, I mean, the short answer is, you know, kind of the same thing that they they said, you know, basically any more of this family. I liked seeing this whole basically universe that they started with the O3 remake. So, um, and again, like this is my favorite version of, of, of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, um, you know, was it necessary? Like Mike said, no, it wasn't necessary, but I'm glad that it exists too. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with what they did. Now, did I have a lot of nitpick through the movie? Yeah. I mean, um, but you know, no movie's perfect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it exists. Um, and, you know, I think that they do enough, they do enough explaining backstory that, you know, it's a nice little addition to what we had in 03 um, without going way over the top. Like they didn't make a huge big deal about all these unanswered, you know, all these questions that aren't being asked um, explaining it. They were just little subtle things here and there that you pick up if you saw the O3 remake. So um, I think they did a really good job, and, and I think my rating will reflect that. Yeah, and, and Mike, I'm not calling you out or nothing, but I don't think a sequel would work for the O3 remake because, I mean, Sheriff is dead now, apparently. Right, right. And Leatherface has only got one arm, so I don't know where they would go with that. Well, you know would, well when somebody dies in a horror movie what that means. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Sheriff Hoyt has uh, Jason and Michael abilities. He's a bad mofo, but I don't know if he's that bad. Uh, they're bringing Stu back and Scream, so you know, whatever. No, fuck that. If they do, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, let, let's jump into fun facts. Uh, I'll go first, real quick. I only got like four or five of them. During filming, Arlie Ermy was called away to his mother's deathbed. For the remainder of the film, or for the remainder of time, filming was done around his character. And these are all from IMDb. According to producer Brad Fuller, the film was given an NC-17 by the MPAA, 
and a total of 17 scenes had to be edited in order to get an R rating. My bad, not not cut, but edited. I'm sorry, I said that wrong throughout. Uh, the chainsaw that Leatherface, Leatherface, I can't talk right now. The chainsaw that Leatherface uses in the film weighed 35 pounds. Uh, the cow that gets hit by the Jeep was made of fiberglass and filled with blood. Fake entrails and fake bones then screwed together. Uh, and, you know, we already touched on that Eric, Matt Bomer, actually did his own scene with the saran wrap. Uh, and whenever he was having trouble breathing, he would just indicate it by knocking his knees together. Uh, Taylor Hanley impressed the director and producer so much when auditioning for the film, they cast him immediately after the uh, audition. That was Dean. Marietta Merrick said the surgery scene was so realistic that it was very hard to watch. And the last one I got was Marietta Merrick came up with the idea to sing Hush Little Baby to Bailey at the dinner table, which director Jonathan Liebesman thought was one of the creepiest things in the movie. That's all I got. I don't have any. Go ahead, Mike. All right, let's talk about the box office because I found this kind of interesting. So even after the success of 03, which grossed $107.1 million, which, holy shit, that's a lot for a Texas Chainsaw movie, highest grossing one. Uh, this movie grossed less than half of that, 51.8 mil against a $14 million budget. I just think that maybe the idea of a prequel maybe maybe push some people away. That's what I would take from it. But I'm kind of shocked by that because, again, that first one made so much money. Uh, I would have, uh, have assumed that uh, at least over half of the people would flock back to see it. But um, there, uh, there is a lot of diehard fans of this movie that that, you know, because of the DVDs and it ended up on Netflix for a good, like three year run there where a lot of people, you know, are big, big time defenders of this movie. So maybe it just needed some time to kind of marinate. What I will say is it's not anywhere close to the lowest grossing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hold on. I'll give you that right now. Are you ready? <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, $185,898. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Oh, it made a shit ton more than that. <laughs> Jesus. That barely, dude, that bar- that didn't even crack 200,000. Freaking Nick Saban makes more in a year than that movie made. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Nick Saban makes way more than that in a year. <laughs> Hell, he makes more than the than half this franchise gross. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. All right, y'all ready to jump into favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating? Brought sure. to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use code don't go to get 20% off and free shipping. Yes, you should. The lawnmower is great. Just throwing that out there. So is the ball deodorant. Just saying, fellas. <laughs> I love that spray. Me too. And I'm not, and I'm not just po- sponsor plugging. It really does Me smell either. good. It um, smells good and it works. No chafe. No chafe. Mike, this is your pick. You said you want to go last. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and just go first. Uh, and like I told you, I love this movie. Uh, favorite kill, I picked Holden. Uh, Brian, you definitely got to see the unrated because you got to see Holden's full kill. Uh, it's a unique chainsaw kill, and it's a powerful scene. He gets cut in half, then Arlie Army's bashing his head and body against the ground, cussing at him, Bailey screaming. And you see, like, leather face as he's cutting through him, like his head shaking. Dude, it's freaking awesome. I love that kill. And before y'all cast or shoot me down, my least favorite kill is Dean. Uh, I wrote, it's a cool kill, honestly, but Dean's character just aggravated me so often because he just, he didn't kill the sheriff. He hacks Leathersaw one time with the axe and then tries to save Chrissy. It's like, Dean, what the fuck are you doing, Dean? Do you have any <laughs> clutchness in you at all? 
All right, my rating. Um, I like I like I told y'all before we started this. I like this movie just as much as the remake. I gave it the same, a nine nine point five. Uh, yep, I love it. I watch them both the same amount. Uh, struggled with this rating honestly, but I like this movie just as much as the O three remake. I wrote, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I really enjoy this backstory, and as demented as the Hewitt family is, they're fascinating to follow. Uh, I got a few nitpicks. Dean at the end. The final kill of Jordana is a little unbelievable. He just fires the chainsaw up that fast. Uh, and how he just hid in the backseat. I mean, he's a big son of a gun. You didn't see him? Uh, I've watched this exactly. movie several times, and I really like it. I think this movie, I mean, like Brian said at the beginning, I'm invested in all four of the, you know, what are they, teens, you know, young 20s, whatever they are. I'm invested in them as soon as we start the movie. I'm already invested with Arlie Ermey because he's a sick son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, and I love Le- I love Andrew Bernarski, however you say his last name. I love him as Leatherface, Luda May. She's, ho- she's, she's old woman sweet but terrifying. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> I, 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 like, I, like, I love the 03 and the 06 timeline of Texas Chainsaw. I think it's great. So, yeah, I give them both the same rating. I think, I think they were both done very well. Go ahead, Brian. Um, yeah, I actually, like, we had friend of the show, Adam Marcus on to kind of discuss Jason Goes to Hell, but we briefly, briefly touched on Texas Chainsaw 3D in that interview at don'tgoouttheer.com, but I, I hope to have him back on whenever we actually do finally get to Texas 3D, because I would love to know why the hell they didn't try, and I know Nico said it would be hard, where would you go from there, but you didn't try to even follow the storyline further that that this one and the 03 remake just like just set before you and made the most money. So I'm not, I would love to, to and, and why did they play on the three for 3D and the third entry in this new remake adaption if you aren't even going to follow the story? So anyway, that's, I don't, I didn't get, I don't get that. And I would love to ask him that. Um, so anyway, I have questions, but all in all, it was a solid entry. Um, but it was not obviously without its problems to me. I gave the O3 remake a 9.5 as well. So I loved that one. Um, this one has a little bit more problems though. I'm going to actually rate this one a 7.5. Um, my favorite kill, I'm going to go with the cow. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. Was, <laughs> that was awesome though. Uh, um, and actually my, I think the, I'm going to, I'm going to split this up because I think the best well done because I saw, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff and how they did it. Dean's was the best, best kill, but my favorite kill was probably Eric's just because I thought it was pretty unique how he picked him up and just whatever. And uh, so I had three for that one and I don't really, I didn't really have a least favorite kill, but like, like Nico, my you know, I, I did not like, I didn't like the whole ending kill and how, how that whole thing for the exact same reasons that I said during the, during the, uh, recap there of, uh, of Chrissy, um, dying at the very end. So, uh, that's going to be my least favorite kill. Um, and also I've got Dustin. So do you want to go, be- you want Dustin to go before, uh, you Mike or after? Uh, yeah, go ahead and give Dustin. Best kill, Dean getting lifted up by the chainsaw, and the brutality of it was awesome. Worst kill, if I don't count Thomas's mom in the beginning, Chrissy. Because how the hell did he get in the car and stay so quiet without being seen or heard? He says the same shit. Without being seen or heard, and he didn't even crank up the chainsaw, all of a sudden she's dead? Get the fuck out of here. 
Rating 6.5. It's entertaining, brutal, gory, well cast, and does enough to keep me interested. I also appreciate the way that so many details from O3 were explained. Not great by any means, but I would definitely watch it again. Man, he basically he basically has my same thoughts. Okay. Same thing I said. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, I think this is a really entertaining movie. It's a cool little horror movie, um, especially of it. It's very of its time, very 06, very mid two thousands. No doubt about that. Um, you could pop this in and know what time this movie was made just by the way you know certain things go. Um, I like that about it because you know that's that's high school for me, and that's when I saw this movie. So anyway. Um, uh, my favorite kill is, man, it's so hard. I'm going to have to go Holden. I just love it so much. The way everything is done and the unrated version of the Holden kill. Brian, again, second round. Must be nice. Please. Must be nice. I'll send you a link or something. Man, <laughs> I have the DVD. Yeah, I have the Blu-ray as well, and it's it's so good. Um, great. Uh, I'll go I'll go Chrissy as my least favorite. I don't necessarily hate any of these kills, but if I have to go with my least favorite, it would be her because of the just illogical nature of how he got in the fucking car in the first place. Um, so, uh, again, really good, solid follow-up to that 03. I know it's a prequel, but it's still a follow-up. I think they do enough good to keep me entertained. They do enough. They don't over-explain anything, and I hate when a prequel does that. I don't think they they overstep anything. They there's some nice subtle nods. If you've seen O three, you know what all of this means. How how uh, uh, how the uncle loses his legs. I kind of like that. That's kind of a fun way to find out, at least to me. Uh, I like this movie's gore for what it's going for. Now, again, I would rather have more story, more suspense, more good horror movie stuff. But this is uh, again a fun slasher. All that being said, I'm just going to go a solid seven. Just just right on the nose, a seven, no point, anything. Just a nice solid seven. A, a, a decent installment in the Texas Chainsaw franchise, and there aren't a lot of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I want to say, go back. my favorite kill, I actually flipped Deans and Eric's, by the way. I got the names mixed up, but it's, it's the other way around. You know which ones I was talking about. Right, right. Um, and since, since Brother Dustin's not here, I went ahead and uh, – uh, followed his tradition of giving the average score but the average score of uh the the three of us was a, a or the four of us actually including dustin's was a 7.625 for this one so not bad at all no sir nope uh, is, i think i give the uh, whole entertaining part uh it's really high in my rating i think right and that's fair it's very I mean, this fair. movie is entertaining as hell <laughs> it is so, yeah no doubt uh, I, yeah but I, I totally get y'all's nitpicks. I get it. Um, y'all got any final thoughts for I announce my pick for next week? Yeah, fuck your pick. It's good in a creepy way, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, yeah, see, I don't even know what pick it is. All right. Uh, I can't remember what year it's from, honestly. But I've been trying to – I think all of us have been doing our best to, like, make our picks kind of random and yeah. kind of different. Everyone, you know, says we're all about the slashers, but we don't really pick them that much. Uh my pick next week, I'm going with There's Something Wrong with Esther. I'm going with Orphan. Oh, God. Oh, I've never seen that. Well, I, I'll, I'll save it. on purpose. It's on purpose, I think. I'll save it. It's... Vera oh, Farmiga, yeah. call me sometime. I'm yeah. beating Mike to it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know that's my lady. You know that's my lady. Even if she played a fraud in two movies. Anyway, please, go ahead. 
Wow. <laughs> what actually, I was, actually, it was great as that fraud, though. <laughs> she was. Hey, hey, I didn't say the acting was bad. I didn't say the acting was bad. Oh, no, she's great. I'm looking forward to Orphan. Uh, that, I'm giving you a warning, Brian. This movie's long as hell. It's like two hours. So, uh, <laughs> oh, but it's it, a tough it, watch. But, but it, I, I'm invested the whole time. It's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, next week we're doing Orphan. Had a really great time reviewing uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning tonight. I'm a big fan. Heck, I did my notes the night after we dropped the the last week's episode. I was so excited for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, you did. So, yeah, uh, we really appreciate all support, everyone. Uh, just check us out on social media. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Y'all have a good night. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.